Yeah. Yeah, the roof off, motherfucker. Nigga, what you say? Like the roof for five, five years. I smoke when I, smoke I, wanna, when I wanna. Smoke for the Hummer. For the whole summer. summer. Running it faster than the road runner. Rocks on my hips. Under. Yeah. I'm riding dollars by the pier. The only thing still spinning, spinning, spinning is your head. Yeah. yeah. Ladies cat back, all black, all black gloves. These record sales, yeah. Not to mention the ball pack clubs. These packs, bottles, walls, crack walls. Hey, look, we on twenty one sitting on deals. Up in here. Hey, yo, 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 yo! Welcome, welcome, welcome back. This is part two of the Real Sports Show, y'all. Part two. Told y'all part one. If y'all ain't heard part one yet, go listen to it. If you heard part, if you about to hear part two right now of the British Sports Show, y'all know I'm the host, Mark A.K. The Vet, and y'all know I got DJ Curry. You yeah. live in the shit, y'all. Y'all know what I mean. Shit. What's up, D? What's cracking? You know how it is, man. You, you, you know, you know. At the part one, I felt some type of way. At the part one, you know what I mean. I got real live. At the part one, man. Talk to we him. Got, talk to him. You know, we got real deep in part one, and you know, gave our audience something different. In part one that you know we haven't given them in a while. Something real talk for a minute, and changing cultures is what we gave them in part one. So part right. two, you know, we could transition that in part two a little bit though, and still give them, you know, that that ribble flagging that they need to hear. That real flavor in the air, right, right. So you know, so we're gonna kick this show off real good today with you know the NFL season schedule, like we said, is coming in. Mm-hmm. And who do you feel got the shittiest end of the deal in the season scheduling this year? In your personal opinion, who got and, the raw end of the stick? And honestly, I would say we did. <laughs> uh huh. But I'm not gonna complain about it because that's a good thing. We don't have to be in the spotlight. But one time on a Thursday night game. Well, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that's fine. But I see the reason why I schedule the way it is. We do horribly during prime time games. We do horribly. We do. So, we do. Right, us not having any primetime games this year other than Thanksgiving. I'm cool with that. <laughs> I'm actually cool with that. You, you know what? I'm cool with Me being with a fan, chicken. me being a fan, I'm tired of getting ran over on primetime games. I'm tired of seeing it. <laughs> but it's true, though. It's sad, but it's, it's funny and sad at the same time, but it's true, though. It's very much true, though, man. Wait, I'm tired of looking like a crash test dummies. I'm tired of because <laughs> <laughs> everybody know we're gonna lose on primetime TV. We just know we need to go come in the building. We're gonna lose whether we at home, whether we are away. It don't matter whether we in London, Paris. We just gonna lose the game. And you know the funny part about our scheduling. Oh, but before we go on, 
you know, my prayers go out to Dexter Manley. You know, he's been hospitalized oh, yeah, yeah, COVID-19. Yeah. Right, last you know. thing I heard, he was on oxygen. So he's not on a ventilator, but he's on oxygen. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah prayers go out to him and his family. Yes. Know. Yes. And I hope he makes a speedy recovery and beats COVID-19, though. You know, one of our Redskins players went down with COVID-19. So, you know, like I said, our hearts go out to them and his, I mean, him and his family. You know, we hope for a speedy recovery from this epidemic, pandemic, you know, whatever they want to call it nowadays. I just hope that he gets better and we go out there and we, and, you know, everybody still show your love for him, man. He did a lot of things for the Washington Redskins when he was playing. Exactly. He is our current all-time sack leader right now. That's right. So, big ups to him. Big shout outs to him, man, you know. I want I want his family to know that we all send our condolences to him, you know. Well, not condolences, but you know, I love and I support for him and hope that he beat it. So we can see him back at FedEx Field when the lights go on, when the lights come on and we shout out, you know, hell to the Redskins. Yep. But I'm gonna tell you now, when he does recover, and I repeat, when he does recover, mm-hmm. and you meet him in person, yep. do not give him a handshake. <laughs> Hold up, man. Not, I was drinking some juice. Hold up. Wait a minute. You you will not have a hand. I'm trying no. to tell you. <laughs> he has one of the strongest grips I have ever felt in my life. Hey, yo. Hey, look. Hey, you know, with big hands, they say they come with big problems. So, you know, shaking a man's hand, you know, is one thing, you know. But his grip? Nah, I see why he's the sack leader. His hand, oh my goodness. <laughs> you would think I, I, every bone in your hand is broken. That's what this hey, means. hey, look, I, I'm be a man about it, man. I, I shake his hand, though, you know what I mean? With gloves on, you know, make sure he ain't gonna break my hand. If I'm gonna shake his hand, if I'm shaking his hand, I'm about to have about at least 10 pairs of gloves on. There you go. <laughs> that way you get a firm, nice grip. Or if not, I'm a I'm a I'm a fake and put a prosthetic hand or something in the- <laughs> What you gonna have a white hand out there or some shit? What you gonna do? They gonna be like, what you what you mean? You black and your hand white. What, what, what you got there? I'm a painting my skin tone. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Oh shit. But what? anyway, back to the schedule of this shit, man. All right. So for what I see. We got the Eagles first. We got the Cardinals second. Then we got mm-hmm. the Browns. That's all and, the September games. And then we start week four with the Ravens. Exactly. So wait, oh. wait before we go there to week four, oh. let's talk about the first three games. All, all right, right, let's do it. So the first game of the season is the same game of the season that we played last year. Against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Right. If that ain't about the shittiest deal I've ever can see in my life, that's the shittiest deal I could ever see in my life. <sighs> so we got to play the same team with the healthy Deshaun Jackson this time frame again. You know, we're and, playing and, a and whole a brand Carson new, We're playing a whole different brand new Eagles team. With we basically with are. everybody basically recovered from the injuries and the new additions that they just brought in. Exactly. So, am I scared of the wide receiver core this year for the Eagles? Yeah, yay and nay. Am I scared for Carson Wentz? 
you know, throwing the ball downfield and getting the ball off his getting the ball out of his hands real quickly this year. Eh, yeah, and nay. I'm not gonna hype up Chase Young too much. You know what I mean? His actions gotta show on the field first. Okay. And and when I say his actions gotta show on the field first, he gotta play his first NFL game to sell me to show me something. And, and, you know, a lot of people out here, and, and including me, I was hyping it up. I was hyping it a lot. Yeah, we getting Chase Young. Yeah, we getting one of the best best generational players in the league today. I mean, in the game today, we getting one of the best generational players. I was. But then as I sit back and I got to ponder on some things for a minute, this man has not stepped foot on, the, on a platform, an NFL platform at all yet. This man has not played in a game just yet. Mm-hmm. So how can I praise a man so much I'm a, that has not played in the NFL game? Already? I'm gonna be honest with you. Well, a lot of uh, okay. uh, us, us as fans, when we get somebody that's an impact player the way he is, first thing we we'll say is, "Oh, he's going to tear up the league." Right. Let let let's pump brakes real quick. Okay. Yes. He is a dynamic talent. There's no question about it. He's a dynamic talent. Dynamic but, raw talent. But he hasn't set, like you said, he has a step foot in the NFL where right. the offensive linemen you're going against are just as strong as you are and just as quick as you are. Exactly. And they know every little scheme, every little trick to throw you off with. So, and then on top of that, in order in order for you to beat a offensive lineman on the team you're going against, for one, you got to study them. For one. Exactly. You have to study them right. to see, okay, if I do this bull rush or this speed rush, if they move their feet this way, I can counter and do it this way. That's right. one thing. Right. Another thing right. is you have to develop pass rush moves. Right, right. And I think him and Ryan Kerrigan can get together and develop that system together. You know what I mean? I'm going to be but honest. Also t- I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Chase Young could be a combination of Lawrence Taylor and Dwight Freeney put together if he works at A combination of who? Lawrence Taylor. Okay. And Dwight Freeney. Okay. Throwing Re- some big names out there. reason why I say Dwight Freeney, because Dwight Freeney has that patented spin move that nobody can beat. Right, right, and then Lawrence Taylor is he has speed and he could bull rush, but he could actually move around the tackle to get to the quarterback. Chase Young can show has shown glimpses of that, but he needs to practice more at it. If he practices more at it and where he could drop his hips low and get around or however he needs to do it, he will be a dominant right. force in the league. He will be now, remember, we he didn't will be get, now, remember, we didn't see a combine for him because he didn't do, choose to do the combine. Exactly. Year. So exactly. We don't know how fast he really is. We don't know if he can get around the combs real quickly. We don't know how, you know, his defensive measurements or anything in that all, nature, what he could do. All we know is what he has on his game tapes. That's all we know. Exactly. So for right now, I'm not going to hype this man up too much right now, and I got to see what he can do against the Philadelphia Eagles offense. Now, you know, and, 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 and with that all being said, though, too, is, man, I mean, I'm like, 
damn, we got to play the Eagles again on the first game. But I'm so actually, that means I'm actually I'm looking forward to that though. I am too, but reason, I'm not really. Reason why? Reason why? Because okay. we're actually going in with a starting quarterback that we know is going to start. Right. No disrespect to Case Keenum because we, you know, he was okay. He lost his job midway through the season, but we don't have. He to... lost his job on the first game. I, let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest. He lost his job really in the preseason, and really, let's really be honest. Let's really take a setback. Let's really take a setback. He wasn't supposed to have the job in the first place. I really wanted to see what developments Colt McCoy had with him. And how much he can develop but see, and being a starter quarterback, even though he wasn't starter quarterback material. But you gotta see because, but the thing you fail to realize is Colt McCoy was still rehabbing. Mm-hmm. Which is why he didn't win the starting job. Right. So basically at the end of the day, Case Kingdom was gonna always be the starter as soon as he got to the team. They that said, is true. Though. They said he was gonna go through a battle because you already knew off the break. Dwayne wasn't going to start. You knew that off the break. Well, we knew that because of the fact that Dwayne has developed NFL qualities. And which he earned that, he earned them qualities and he learned them qualities as he got better throughout the season. You know, once the season came to a like coming down to a little bit of a close, he kind of learned himself a little bit dumb. He learned some things about himself. He caught it maneuvering the pocket a little bit better. He started scheming out a little bit better, though. But he started, you know, gaining some NFL reps. Yeah, the more he played, the better he got. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. The more he played, the better he got. But at the right. beginning of the season, all we had was Case Keenum. So he basically was brought in. He basically was brought in to start. That is very, very much so true. Now, he's gone to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's gone. So now we have Dwayne, Kyle Allen, and, and an injured and Stephen Montez, and an injured Alex Smith, and Alex Smith, who actually, by the way, looks pretty good in that last video that we talked about. He looked pretty right. good moving around, throwing the ball, but it's yeah, still he he's still rehabbing, and but he's getting better and better. It seems so. Him playing this year, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say he will because we already know he's not. But I believe by next NFL season, after this season, I believe he'll be back, ready to take try to get the reins back as a starting quarterback. I see that happening, but I don't think it's gonna be with this team though. Well, it depends. It depends on. It depends. It really depends on Dwayne Haskins' mobility, his development and his skill trait that he has with the team. And, you know, like I said, the league is getting faster. The league is getting a lot stronger. And you don't want to take away his confidence by starting him one year, then put Alex Smith back on the field the next year, and then saying, oh, well, we're going back to Dwayne Haskins again because, you know, Dwayne is there and da 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 Let the boy just, you know, it's time to – Either put Alex Smith in a coordinator position after the season, put him in a coordinator position, a QB coordinator position, and let him run. Let him run with Alex Smith and these young boys that's out there. Let him to help. Let him help them develop more and get better on the field. Because I think with his mobility, his movements, his scheme and reads of the play, he's almost like 
with Alex Smith, I can compare Alex Smith to almost damn near two players, Drew Brees and, and Tom Brady. For real, for real. Drew Brees with a little bit of mobility that he got, Tom Brady with his pocket presence. Okay. And I say that because, you know, when when uh, Alex Smith stayed in the pocket for a little while, um, for extra time that he had in the pocket, even though we had a strong front line at the time frame, and it was pretty beat up a little bit, though, too, but he stayed in the pocket for a short amount of time frame, he was able to get the ball downfield. Even before he got hurt, and as I look back at it, you know, they posted something on um, Facebook the other day. Every single time frame that one of our quarterbacks have gone down, the best left tackle was not in the game on our team. Which is true. Donald, you know what I mean? Look at Joe Theismann. Uh, I think it was Joe Jacoby. Yeah, Joe Jacoby was, our, was out. Was yeah. the starting tackle then, but he was out. He and was then, out. And, and then it happened to Alex Smith 30 years later. Right. And Trent Williams wasn't playing. Exactly. So, which lets me know that we have a presence on our front line, but we just got to keep the chemistry going. I mean, it's not about the best left tackle in the league or anything in the nature. You got to have some chemistry with your left tackle. You got to have some chemistry with your whole front line, period. You know what Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? If you got chemistry with your front line, you know how strong they are, you know how weak they are, where the weak spots are going to come in at. If you can read all of that stuff off your front line, then damage you gonna be a good quarterback. Tom Brady didn't have the best front line ever in history. He didn't always have the best front line, but he made it. He made it so that when he read the plays, he knew the strengths and the weaknesses of his offensive line. Mm-hmm. He knew how long he could hang in the pocket for. He knew when to get the rid of the ball out of get the ball out of his hands. So, in the same token, the prep though is is that. Dwayne is going to have to develop them traits. To be honest, he can do it. Like, I seen him, like, each game he was progressing. You could tell he he had great, he had command of the huddle. You could tell. Right. Everybody was focused in and, you know, believing in him. That's not going to be right. an issue. He has the leadership. And it's like, I like how he took that leadership and that determination and turned his offseason around like he did. He done drop weight. Yeah. He's only 7% body fat now. Yep. So he's, what, 220 now? And he actually, yeah. he actually looks good. So I like that initiative that, you know what, let me drop this, let me put on some some pounds, let me do what I need to do so I can get ready for this season. Not only will that, he- that's going to give him a sharp mind, but also that's mm-hmm. getting him prepared for this season because he knows how important this season is going to be. Right. And also, too, is, you know, like I said, the Eagles got a strong front defense. They got a strong defense. No doubt. doubt. And, you know, going up against this Eagle defense is not going to be a a walk in the park for him. It's not going to be a walk in the park because you didn't feel the likes of this Eagle defense until late in the season when they had everything. They had everything on their backs to lose. You know what I mean? They, you know, they put him in a situation where he had to go up against divisional teams. He had to go up against the Cowboys, the Giants, and the Eagles and to prove himself out there in the league. So 
in my in my honest opinion, I I see this game is going to have to the Redskins are going to have to come out in this game and really shake things up in this game against the Eagles. And you can't go out there slow pacing it. You got to stay in high gear. You got to keep the game in high gear. You got to keep the points going on the board. You got to come out there and score a touchdown and bust them right in the mouth. First thing, first play. But another thing, too, is... You got to come out there and punch him in the mouth. Another thing, too, is he has to get in sync with all of his receivers because he, yeah. he has new receivers and, what and you know what I'm saying, he has to get in sync with all of them. How old right. our whole offense has to be in sync from the line all the way down to the to the running back. We all have to be right. in sync. We all have to be jailed together to make the offense work. Right. Because right. we have a very young offense if you really look at it. Oh, we do, most definitely. And we're getting younger on defense every day of the week. So I'm I'm not really worried about our defense. You know, I like how we played last year somewhat, but yeah. Hopefully this year we're going to be more aggressive because that's to be honest with you that's what our team has been lacking aggression. We haven't been aggressive. Yeah. We haven't been aggressive since Greg Williams was our defense coordinator. Oh, most definitely, Greg Minuski. It wasn't always Jay Gruden that was you know always the problem on the team, but you just never got rid of your defensive coordinator. You never wanted to let him go. You wanted to get. You got Rob, uh, Rob Ryan in there as your linebacker coach or whatever the case may be is. You got all these old guys. You got to get some young, hungry. You got to get somebody that's young and hungry as the defensive coordinator on there. I don't care what nobody say. I would rather have Rex Ryan as a, as a defensive coordinator or linebacker's coach than Rob Ryan. Right. Rob has shown that he cannot handle the job, period. And you would thought, you would think that you would bring in Rob Ryan as the next head coach of the Washington Redskins and let his brother stay as the defense coordinator or whatever the case may be, or so however you wanted to play it out. But at the end of the day, though, it didn't work out that way. We had a whole cultural change in D.C., and that's something we needed. We for, game, definitely. For, a game like this, for a game like this week one, you're going up against a visual team week one, it's time to get smacked in the face first, first game of the season. Yeah, it's time. It's time that we needed a, a a whole new different scenery. It's amazing how we're gonna go into a week one game with a whole different demeanor and mindset. Right, right, right. Now we're gonna move on. Well, I, I mean, before we move on, though, the Eagles. Do you think we're gonna take a loss game one, or do you think we could come out here and take a win? Honestly, or sneak out a win, at least by three points of a win. I'm going to go off the record. I'm saying we're going to sneak out a win. Okay. I'm going to say we're going to sneak out a win, but it will be a close game. I'm saying three points if we win this game. But I'm going to tell you the wild card in that game, I'm going to tell you now, is going to be Tress Way. Okay. Reason why I say that? Because the better he punts to, you know, knock them back or put them in the position to whereas they can't run the ball, like, all the way down the field and score, that's going to be that's going to be key. It's all, it, right. And that game is going to be about field position. Right. 
So that's I my, damn sure that's, agree with that. That's my take on it. I think we can sneak out a win with three points. If we do come in this game focused, ready to roll and everything else, I think it's going to be a three-point game. Three-point game win. And I, I, I believe it's going to be a 31-24 type game. Or it could be a 17-14 game. One of them two, one of them two, I believe there's the point's gonna be in that game. And I mean, I'm just taking a guess at it for right now. And I know the season hasn't even started yet. But as we come along and as we get into August and we see how the players are working in August and we see preseason like games come about and we start talking about this a little bit more, my demeanor might change a little bit though. But for right now, as we were just predicting. Just a prediction. I think an easy three-point game will win this game. Okay. But they got to come hungry. We got to so be moving ready. moving on to Arizona. Yeah. So moving on to Arizona, sir. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I, <laughs> we taking the L, brother. In Arizona? Yeah. Uh, I'm a- now, what makes you think? That we can't beat Arizona. Are you talking about just Kyler Murray? Oh no! Do you not see the big time weapons he has on offense now? Okay, let's just say DeAndre Hopkins. The, the... De- DeAndre Hopkins can be shut down, uh, but you got to think let, about let, this let, one. Let's though. be honest; he could be shut down, but when has he been shut down? He hasn't really, but let's 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 really take. And let's look at our cornerbacks compared to who's going to be covering him. Okay, Kendall Fuller might be covering him. Okay, he won't be covering him. Kendall Fuller will be in the slack. He's going to play nickel. Okay, so but you still got to so that leaves Fabian Monroe on one side, and who's going to be on the other side? Aaron. My point exactly. Yeah, you're not making this easy for me, are you? It's gonna be a field day for DeAndre Hopkins. He's gonna have fun in that game. I'm trying to. Okay, okay so check this. And then out. you got Le- and okay, then you got Larry so Fitzgerald too. Okay, all right. Let me let me put it to you like and this. Let Christian me check Kirk, like this. come on. All right, let me check you like this. Let me check you like this. Kyler Murray has a relationship only with Larry Fitzgerald because they played one season together. DeAndre Hopkins is a fast-ass receiver, and nobody can stop him, but he's no Tyreek Hill. Let's be honest with that one. Now, if you just said the likes of a Tyreek Hill or somebody like that, I'd be like, yeah, we might have a problem. D-Hop is fast. D-Hop can catch downfield. He can catch the long distance passes downfield. No problem. But when you really, really think about this game, that's who the focus is going to be on. But D-Hop. you got to think about it. And Larry Fitzgerald. But you got to think about it, too. And Kyler Murray. You got to think about it, too. It don't matter. It's going to be hard for our defense to do that. If we're going to use a spy on Kyler Murray, who's fast enough to track him down? Well, that's where you're going to have to – that's where you're really going to have to show – some athleticism on defense because like you said uh, if our defense is not coming to the plate if our defense don't change we got to put some pressure on that boy 
we got to put the most pressure on him and make him you make have rookie to, mistakes. If you, you have, if you can make him make rookie mistakes in a game, we'll be all but right. But the thing is, you have to contain him. You have to stop him from trying to run. Right. But you can contain him by putting pressure on him. He's only played one year of football. And teams have shown that they can stop him and put him in his breaks and stop him from delivering the ball mm-hmm. down the field. He could be stopped. But in the same aspect of Brett, though, is he got to get the ball out of his hands. And that's where you're going to have to get faster on defense like we've been preaching all for the past six seasons we've been preaching that. We have to get younger and faster on defense. Have we not been preaching that for we the have. past six years? Okay. So by us getting faster and younger on defense, you have to – you can keep him contained – by doing just that, getting younger and faster on defense and slow him down to where the points of matter is, is that you got to take away the receivers. They really, they have a solid, they have an okay solid run game in, in a point. But if you take away some of their options and, and take away some of their, uh, their playmakers, you can shut them down. Do what they got. Kenya Drake going to be their starting running back. Is is that what we're looking for for a I mean, game? but Kenya Drake is good though. He's not a bum. He's not a bust. Don't get me wrong. But what Kenya Drake is going to run all over us? I don't know. But you know what I mean. Like like I said though, you got you got receivers. I see him, Larry Fitzgerald, Keyshawn uh, Johnson. You got uh, Christian Kirk, like you said. Isabella. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of weapons. Yeah, you got a lot of weapons. Hakeem Butler. You got a lot of weapons on deep on offense. But like I said, though, it's it, you have to get pressure. If you don't get pressure on Murray for him to make rookie mistakes in a game, then we would not win this game. Like you said, we won't win this mm-hmm. game. But I could easily see us squeaking out a 14-point victory in this game. Okay. I can easily see that. I'm not saying the Arizona Cardinals are walking apart. No, but it's just a lighter half of the season. It's the first. It's the second game of the season. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's not a walk in the park game. It's just one of the games that that is just like, okay, you can go out here and throw the ball mm-hmm. downfield. Okay, we can manage to run some schemes and some maneuvers against this defense. That you know, we just gotta bust out some little bit of moves and maneuvers and get ready for the Cleveland Browns when they come when they when we go to their town. Cause we're flying straight from Arizona straight to Cleveland. Okay. You, you mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? We gotta fly straight to Cleveland. So that in a long shot is gonna be like our like our tired road trips right then and there in the first games of the season. We gotta fly from we got to fly from the East Coast to the West Coast to go out to Arizona. We're flying from the West Coast, from Arizona, all the way back to Cleveland. You understand what I'm saying? So that that right there is, in a nutshell, is like our – we should be fine in those two games. We should be fine. We should be well-rested, and we should be able to be ready to go to play right. Cleveland in the next game. Because you've got a whole different beast – 
coming in Cleveland when you got to play against a Jarvis Landry. You got to play against Odell Beckham Jr. because his rival ain't there no more. The man that shut him down ain't there no more. And that was Josh Norman that shut him yep. down for real. And then you got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then you got to think about it. Baker Mayfield is there too. He's not, he's, he's okay. He can move the ball. And that young stunner is, is, is he ain't but a walk in the, the park. The main either. thing I'm worrying about when we play Cleveland, I mean, in the offense, that damn defense. Miles Garrett. Oh, my God. Exactly. Goodness. Exactly. Their offensive line ain't no walk in the park either, though, man. So we got to be prepared for our first three games coming out the ballpark. And we're in Cleveland, so it's not going to be just, okay, so everybody just sit down and everybody just relax. But then again, the one thing that gives them momentum is not going to be there in these first three games at all, period. There would not be an audience. There won't be a fan base going forward in parties of these games. Mm-hmm. So let's really be honest about this. Without a fan base, without the crowd there to keep you motivated and stuff like that, though, I mean, what can you do? You can hear the playbooks now. You're going to hear the play better than you ever heard the plays before in anything. So does that give the advantage to the away teams? Or does that give the advantage to the home teams? Instead of them... It's just he's just going to show him on the shit. And if he does, he's not going to talk directly into the mic for everybody to hear him. And he's right. going to okay, this is in the huddle. Make sure you set your line up for your protection, this, this, and this, and then go in. Because they know it's not. I said, kind of break it up there know, a little bit, Dick. In a, a stadium atmosphere, there's nobody there. You can hear everything. They're going to have to. So you're going to have to exactly. come up with a different way to relay the plays without the defense hearing what your plays is and everything else. It's like back and forth, vice versa. Mm-hmm. They're going to figure right. out a way to get that done. Right. And then there won't be no more hurry up offenses, neither. I think we're going to see this game. I think we're going to see this year. Our first year without a lot of hurry up off, I mean, without a lot of um, not an offsides penalty or a doggone um, a lot of false start penalties this year. I think this year is gonna be one of them years where they're gonna be like, oh man, there wasn't a lot of false starts this year because the mm-hmm. line can hear it now. You understand what I'm saying? So, I mean, the game against Arizona, and I just see it now, but that probably can change anyway. It's a four o'clock game. We've got to play in Arizona. So, yeah, like we were saying, though, um, it's a 1 o'clock game against Cleveland, though. So, you know, it's one of the situations where we're going to have to look at it and say, well, are we prepared to play these games in the first three games? Mm -hmm. So, even right off the back after that, you got 
So pretty much our schedule is in the first four games of our schedule, we played all scrambling the quarterbacks. Yeah. The first four games, yeah. Baltimore is next. Yep. And Baltimore is in D.C. Now, so, for those people that think that I just said Baltimore is in D.C., no, I'm not saying Baltimore is in D.C. That means we're playing a home game, people. Just want to let y'all know. I don't mean that Baltimore is in D.C. No. We're playing a home game against Baltimore in D.C. I understand. <laughs> now, you know, some people would be like, wait a minute, what did he just say? Baltimore's in DC. Baltimore's in Maryland. What is he talking about? No. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me let me clarify that for y'all. Baltimore is coming to DC. Well, actually, they're just going down 495 to play in FedExville. Pretty much. Yeah. So battle of the beltways, pretty much. Pretty much. So, like I said, though. We get in our first four games, we got to play scrambling quarterbacks. So we should be well prepared for either quarterback this year. Should be, but we're going to see. Now, I'm going to tell you the main quarterback we're really going to have a problem with, and that's Lamar Jackson. Lamar is a different breed of a quarterback. Lamar Jackson is one of the breeds where, you know, you, you he's showing 31 teams around the league why you had I mean why they should have took him in the first round. He's one of them generational players that is literally showing you the reason why you should have picked him up. And he only got better after his first season. But a choke artist a little bit in the playoffs. Still can't get over that hurdle in the playoffs. Still can't get over that hurdle. Right. And and it's sad though, but you He's, he reminds me of Tony Romo. Romo led his led the Dallas Cowboys to to number uh, about three playoff runs, but they never got over the hurdle. Nope, never got over the hurdle. And now one game they did get cheated out of. That was a Dez Bryant catch. They did get cheated. The league actually said they got cheated. So, in my in my personal opinion. Dallas never got over the hump. But Lamar Jackson can't get over the hump in the playoffs yet. But we might see a change in that this year, though. I was just going to say that. I believe that that will change this year. Mm -hmm. I believe that will change, but we're going to see. Now, just by the Baltimore Ravens coming here, period, you know, playing in, in we're playing at FedEx Field in Maryland. Just by that going here, it's gonna be the toughest game that we ever encountered throughout the first three games, period. For me. Lamar Jackson, like I said, he can throw the ball, he can scramble out the pocket. You gotta watch his run, you gotta watch his throws, you gotta watch his pattern. It's almost inca- he's almost incapable of reading. And if we don't pay attention to his capabilities of running the ball, throwing the ball, and harness that and harness him real good in the first quarter, you know, he's gonna be all around the field on us. He's gonna run all around the field. Exactly. And he has weapons. And he has a lot of weapons too. So yeah. 
So oh, it's one of the things we got to wait and see. Yeah, most definitely. Then we go back and play the the the, the L.A. Rams. Oh Lord, <laughs> you know, with a with a young quarter with a young head coach in Sean McVay, who I believe should have been our head coach. Yes, everybody should have believed that. Everybody should have believed that. And then we taking it all the way. We got two. Well, matter of fact, if this ain't the shittiest part of the schedule right here, I don't know what is. We got back to back to back divisional games. Once we come off our bye week, we got back to back. No, once we before we start the bye week, we got to play the Giants. Then we got to play the Cowboys. Going to bye week, come back and play the Giants again. And this ain't the shittiest part of the schedule. I don't know what it is. Yeah, because we played the Eagles last game of the season this year. Exactly. And then it doesn't even get it, – it gets worse from there. You got the Lions. You got the Bengals with a young Joe Burrow back there that's going to have weeks of preparation for us. Then you got to play the Cowboys after that. Then we play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then we play the 49ers. Then we play the Seattle Seahawks. Then we play Carolina. And then at the end of the year, at the end of the game, at the end of the season, we play the Eagles. So once again, we're going up against four, no, three scrambling quarterbacks this year. At the end of the year, again. And Russell Wilson ain't no walk in the park neither. You ain't right about that. And 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 I'm waiting to see what Carolina's going to develop and do this year. But they're not no walk in the park neither, because just because we got their head coach, don't mean we know that they're that they're walking apart. Because mm-hmm. they still got Christian McCaffrey on the team. Yep, and then you got to think about it too. Now they got uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Exactly. Exactly. So we don't have a we if we ain't got the shittiest season. I don't know what we had. Well, all I'm gonna say is. They need to do like they like the Nationals did. Take each each week and go one and zero. Yeah, pretty much. Because they're gonna have to. The schedule they're gonna have to fight. Harder. They're gonna have to fight. They're gonna have to fight. They're gonna have to fight. Exactly my point. So let's transition over a little bit though, because I just got a a nice fabric uh, update. NFL wide receivers trash talk over pole. Saints, Michael Thomas, can't catch Thomas. Dolphins, Devontae Parker, trade Bards on Instagram. You can't even get a seat at the table. You know, Mm. I don't know what that was all about. You know, um, Thomas, I, I see it on here as the comments came about. It says that Parker, who had a breakout year for the Miami Dolphins last season, answered a answered a in comments of the post, which didn't sit well with the New Orleans Saints star receiver. Thomas replied, "For you, yes, go run some, go run some numbers up. Then you can talk. I lap, I lapped you, and you've been in the league longer than me. First rounder." Parker responds, "Got some hard feelings there, brother. Let me get." Let me get targeted 300 times a game. 
So, Ooh. and then it gets oh. better. Thomas continued to spat by writing, in other words, you weak. They don't even put your name in the same sentence as me. Remember that. You still not going to you still not going to do nothing. It took six years and seventeen weeks to have a good game. Get the you know get the f out of here. Blame your parents, not no not the quarterback, not no quarterback. Quiet crying, bra. I mean, bra. Parker told Thomas, including uh, several laughing emojis. So this basically they're trading blows with each other on Instagram right now. Okay. Let, let me let me dig into this. Okay. All right. Dig so, away. So as far as Michael Thomas telling Devontae Parker that yeah, he has been in the league longer than me, but he passed him. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. He's pretty accurate with that. Cause ever since Michael Thomas been mm-hmm. in the league, he's been explosive. He has like, been. He's been the best receiver in the league for <sighs> Since season. Yes. And his last season he just had with over 1,700 yards? Come on, man. But you, you got to think about this too, though. Yeah, let me get targeted 600 times a game, every game, or whatever the case may be. But, so too. And I, I average the same amount of yards as, as both of y'all would. But I'm going to be honest with you. As far as that portion of it that goes on Devontae Parker, you got to look at it too. It's the style of offense too. That whatever that coach runs, yeah, yeah, is that too, and then on top of that too is all about trust, right? As you can tell in New Orleans, they have faith and trust in Michael Thomas that he will make his pleas and get it done. Mm-hmm. He proves it every Sunday. He does. So of course they're like, okay, we know we can rely on you to do what we need us, what we need you to do for us to win. So they're relying on Michael Thomas to do that now. Can you honestly say that with Devontae Parker? No, because you don't even hear about Devontae Parker even. Exactly. You just explosive. heard about it. You just heard about him this past season. Yeah. Where he had a breakout season. Because he was getting targeted a lot. Okay. Now, if they could continue him being targeted like that and him and Michael Thomas go at it for years to come, then we could really have this discussion about Who's like who's better? Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. We will have that, but right now, hands down, is Michael Thomas. Well, that's a no brainer. I mean, really, honestly, like between said, them, between them two. But overall, I'm gonna be honest with you. Overall, even though he's not in the he's not in the league right now, so we can't. I really can't count AB. But when AB is in there, he's dominant too. AB will always be dominant as but as, as a as right a wide now, receiver. No disrespect to Michael Thomas or Devontae Parker, but mine's is Julio Jones. You know, Julio didn't get a credit as much credit as he's deserved. He don't, but Julio is a bad ass receiver. That he is. And he will get downfield though. But in the same aspect, the same breath that you're saying that in. All right, getting back to the point of matter is that even still, you got to look at it like this. Julio Jones might not get the credit that he deserved, though, but he didn't show up in the Super Bowl like he was supposed to need when yeah. the Falcons really needed him the most. Even though they went up 35-7 to 7 or 35-0, whatever the case it is, 
we all know the outcome at the end of the game. Right. When the, when the game time, when they needed him the most, he didn't show up to it. So, what are your thoughts? I mean, I can agree with that, but he does show up. He's not like Amari Cooper who disappears, period. Well, we know Amari Cooper, you know, he disappeared in a lot of games last year that he could have finished. And he he did disappear in uh, several other games. I mean, he, but he showed up at home, but he disappeared on the road games. So, my thing is, right now, if we really look at it honestly, and I'm, I'm not going to say this, if you had to do your top three receivers right now in the league. In the league right now? Yeah, in the league right now. I will put Michael Thomas in number one. Okay. Then Julio. Okay. And third will have to be hmm Larry. Okay. Um if I had to pick three receivers in the league today, that I would say I would like Michael Thomas. I would take uh, I would take um, actually, yeah, I would take uh, Larry. Larry's done a lot of a lot of good things in the league, and my last person would have to be honestly. Randall Cobb. Mm. Randall Cobb, because he showed up in, in Green Bay. He showed up in a lot of games in Green Bay. He didn't just punk out in Green Bay like a lot of other receivers did. Too. He showed up. He can still play. He can still go out there downfield to get you a lot of catches downfield there as well. So, I mean, did he have a breakout year last year? No. Did he have a breakout year? Is he going to possibly potentially have a breakout year this year? Potentially no, because the wide receiver core that they have in Dallas is so spread it out that it's too many receivers on one team, mm-hmm. and they're gonna have to utilize each and every last receiver that they have on a team just to have one breakout season. Okay, so let's let's this. Who is your top three running backs in the league right now? Huh, AP, of course. Saquon Barkley, of course, and I'm gonna have to go with Zeke the Freak, Zeke Elliott. Okay. Even though he came off of a, a rough road, you know, even though he came off of uh, like he wasn't as star stunted as he was supposed to be last year, but you know, he still shows signs and developments that he could be one of our top, um, one of the Dallas Cowboys top running backs. He can show you that he can put up numbers on the field. And if you give him about a about a maybe about a good ten more seasons, he could probably break. And I'm just throwing it out there though, really. If he stays with the Dallas Cowboys for real for real, he has a chance and a potential chance, a real shot at breaking. Um and I and I and I know I hate the Cowboys so much. I hate the organization so much too. Um Emma Smith's record. Well, if, the, if he stays with the Cowboys long enough, he could break that record of the most running rushing yards on the Dallas Cowboys team. And I know that I'm, I know I'm stretching it a lot, 
I'm stretching that needle a lot. That thread of a needle is 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 very very thin with him, but I believe he has a chance to make a difference going forward. Mm-hmm. So it, it it it'll just take some time for him to develop. It'll take some time for him to to actually really want to show that he can do it. Okay. So who are yours? Me. Number one, I'm going to go with Zeke. Okay. Two will be AP, of course. Okay. And three, ah, there's so many good running backs in the league. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I would have to go with Saquon. Yeah. I have to go with Saquon. Saquon no, Barkley. No, dis- no disrespect to Todd Gurley, but. I mean, I can put Todd Gurley up there, though, to be honest with you. But he just wouldn't be in my top, top, top five. Yeah. I mean, my top three. And, you know, for that to be, for him to be in my top, in my top like that, in my top three, he would have to show me a little bit more. He would have to do just a little bit more and put a little bit more out there on the field for me to see. Just a little bit more. And and, and it doesn't have to be a lot. It just has to be a little bit more for him to be on in, in my top five. Or my top three. Okay. Top five running back, but not top three. Okay. Not my top three. And Zeke barely made it because the real reason why Zeke only made it my top three. Is because he has that talent to where he can break tackles. He has that talent that he can go out there and just be nasty on the field. Like he just get grimy with running the ball sometimes, Frank. And it doesn't make any sense of how grimy he can get on the field and by running the ball and doing whatever he does on the field. Mm-hmm. Zeke is a hell of a running back, but he just makes some offseason bad decisions. Yeah, I can agree with that. His on-field play is phenomenal. It's hard to bring Zeke down. It really is. And I dare anybody to tell me that it's easy to bring Zeke down and to tackle that boy unless you really got to show me something different. You nah. really got to show me something that, that says that Zeke can go down easily. It, nah, it, it's hard to bring him down. It's hard to bring him down. Right. Right. So, in my personal opinion, that's why Zeke made it. But that, that's not a bad point, though. Right. That's the only real reason why Zeke made it. But if we had to talk about on the field, off the field decisions, then I'm putting Todd Gurley up there number one. I'm putting Todd Gurley up there, Saquon Barkley up there, and and a little bit, and I'm going to actually put up there Adrian Peterson because he hasn't really made that many bad decisions, bad decisions in the offseason. Right. He hasn't really made that many bad decisions, and the only bad decision that he really made in the offseason was he spanked his child. Oh, wow. And that really shouldn't have counted towards anything because that shouldn't have been on the top of block anyway. Right. You know what I mean? That shouldn't be something that we all criticize him for because he spanked his child with a with a belt. 
I mean, with a with a switch. We all got beaten with a switch before in our lives, and we need to stop being sentimental to it. Yeah. We got to stop acting like that. Oh, yeah, he beat his child with a switch. Yes, he did. But in the same aspect of breath, though, is his child is not a uh, his, his child is not gonna go to jail, or his child is not gonna be um, one of the people out here shooting up the world because he's mad at the world type deal, or he's mad at his father. He probably will go back and thank his father for whooping his tail the way he did. Now I don't remember the whole situation though, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know exactly what you mean. So let's be real honest about it. You gonna criticize this man for whooping his child ass, or we gonna criticize this man for making a difference in the offseason, bringing in players to his training facilities, working out with different players in his training facilities like he's been doing? Of course not. They always look every. To be honest with you, they always look for the negative. Right. They always look for negative. They find everything negative and then be ready to pounce on that. But we don't never look at the good. Mm-hmm. And we need to stop doing that. We need to stop looking at every situation as a negative and find the positive stuff that's going on, That the positive shit that they're doing in the, in the community. Agent Peterson is doing a lot of shit for not only just the communities, but around the NFL. Everybody wants to work out with Agent Peterson. This man is a freak of nature. This man came back off an ACL injury and ran for damn near 2,000 yards in one season after he returned. What freak of nature do you, what person in the NFL can do that today? Yeah. And then what made it crazy, that season, he almost broke the, the, all, the, the season record held by Eric Dickinson. He was only eight yards away from bringing that. Exactly. Exactly. So, please tell me, who in the NFL can honestly do that today? Can come back off an injury like he did, bounce back from it like he did, and actually say that he can act, that you can honestly say that they can bounce back like that. Name one yeah. man in the NFL that could do that. Yeah, yeah. Be honest with you, you'll never find another one. Exactly, because the what what this man did for the NFL and way this man did everything in the NFL, <laughs> you ain't gonna find another title like Adrian Peterson, and I guarantee that one. I put that on facts. Of I, I put that on facts. Yeah, you'll never find another one. No. So, um, let's let let let's let's change it up a little bit here. You name me five starting quarterbacks that you know today. We'll have a okay. I'll put it like this. I'll rephrase the question to you. Name five quarterbacks that you think this year can have a promise uh, that can that can break out this year besides Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, and of course Drew Brees and maybe Tom Brady. Okay, you said five quarterbacks that will break out. Yeah, that will have a breakout season this year. That you think that will have a breakout season this year besides those four I named. 
Okay. Dwayne. Mm-hmm. That's one. Mm-hmm. Philip Rivers. If he gets picked up. He is picked up. He's with the Colts. Okay, not mine. Okay. Philip Rivers. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What's another two? Matt Ryan. Okay. If Matt Ryan wakes the hell up, if he wakes the hell up this year, okay. I don't want to say this, but I got to. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Kirk proved that last year. But you know what? We don't talk about Kirk Cousins a lot on this show. You know what I mean? Yeah. And last, I'm going to have to go with, I'm going to say Sam Darnold from the Jets. Mm. Mm. Good one. I'm going to say Sam Darnold. Good one. I like that one. All right, my top five is going to be. I'm going to go with Derek Carr. Ooh. I'm going to go with. I like Philip Rivers' idea. And I like the. I'm going to go with Daniel Jones. Danny Dimes. Yeah, there you go. Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. I think he's going to have one. I believe Dwayne might have one. I truly believe. And for my final one, I said Danny. No, I said Danny Dimes. I said Derek Carr. I said Philip Rivers. I'm going to go with, honestly, him and C.D. Lamb might connect real good this year. And I'm going to go with Dak Prescott. Even though I hate the Cowboys so much, I hate them. But Dak Prescott and Dwayne Haskins. Mm. And, and you know why I say Danny Dimes might have a breakout year this year? Because he didn't do bad last year. No, he didn't. He stepped he didn't right do in. Bad last year. And we sleep on him a lot. I slept on him all last year. But when you watch his play, you really can't sleep on that boy. True. Mm-mm. True, true. Because if you sleep on him one time frame, he's going to turn it around on your ass, and then he'll flip it on your ass and make you seem like you were stupid. Mm-hmm. So, and when we had the, the battle of the two rookie quarterbacks, it was going blow for blow until it was blow for blow. You score a touchdown. You score a touchdown. I score a touchdown. You score a touchdown. It was blow for blow. Mm-hmm. It's guys race in this game. So, although eventually Danny Dimes won both games, but if we want to talk about the last game, it was blow for blow. And yeah. To be honest with you, I, I see them two waking in this year, and I think it's going to be another blow-for-blow blow game this year. Yeah. We gonna, be honest with you, we're going to see. We're really going to see. <laughs> I really honestly think it's going to be a blow-for-blow blow game again this year. Well, hopefully, Dwayne, well, Dwayne will have a better grasp of the offense and yeah. the way he's putting and the way he's putting in the work. I can see that really happening. 
Right, right, right. But you know, it, it's going to take some grit. It's going to take some grind. It's going to take some hustle. And it's it, it, like we said in the last, in part one, we got to stop seeing our players do some dumb shit off the field to keep our players good on the field. Yeah, that is true. We have to make us. We have to make sure that our players are being smart. We got to make sure that our rookie court stays smart. And if we have a healthy ass team this year, we got to be smart about it. And that's just not on. Our, that's just not for the Washington Redskins. No, just because you hear the Redskins name being posted out there in um, in the in the media today. No. These are former players that played with us. Cody Latimer, uh, I think it was Cody Latimer, 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 whatever his dad damn name is. He just got into some damn trouble. Wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I, I got to go look up some homework on him, but why he got in trouble, though. But, you know, he just got Well, trouble. for one, he had a gun. He was drunk and he pulled out a gun. Cause I guess he they was playing poker or something. Oh yeah, here it go right here. I got it. It was an it said during the hearing that an alleged sexual assault of Vladimir's four year old son was committed by someone participating in the poker game, and is being investigated by law enforcement. Okay, so it, it it's. One of the things where it says Vladimir returned about 30 minutes later and blamed the English blamed English for earlier argument that the report states Vladimir then allegedly pulled out a handgun out of his hoodie and threatened to kill everybody before emptying a magazine emptying the magazine and the chamber of his gun. However, the report states he later fired two shots near English. Uh, Roderick English, that's his name. The game was hosted by Roderick English, who claimed to be Latimer's best friend. English told police he separated the two in the argument. Uh, uh, uh. So, honestly, we need to keep our football players away from fucking guns. Did we Me- turn from, who was it, Burns? Yeah, uh, Black Skull. Black Burns who shot his dumb ass up in the leg in the, in the club. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did we learn from that shit? <laughs> that I guess. Worth, it, it ain't worth I, having guns? I guess not. <laughs> I mean, what, what are you carrying a gun for? You have money. What are you carrying a gun for? You have bodyguards. What are you carrying a gun for? Once again, people get a bunch of people get a bunch of money and don't know how to fucking act. It's the same thing over and over. We discussed that in the show before. Yes, we did. I mean, it's It's like you get lazy and you get stupid. Like, do you fall asleep during the rookie symposium? Like, what the hell do you do? I think they don't pay attention to the rookie imposing. I really don't think that nobody takes that shit really seriously. It's supposed to teach you how to be professional and how to carry yourself in the league. But everybody must skip that shit because there's too many stupid fucks out here doing dumb shit. 
pretty much. One uh, can player leave. Now he talking. Now he in trouble for some damn robbery. And then a, 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 a former Giants player come to the Redskins, and this motherfucker get in trouble with the law. We're like, what the hell? What are we teaching our youth? I say it again. What are we teaching them? Nothing. Oh, it's okay that we gonna go in there with handguns and we gonna play outside with handguns and shit like that. Though, what are you teaching anybody? Once again, that's why we said in the first show. Mm-hmm. If you go out there, do shit for the community where you can get young people off the street so they can do something constructive yep. and shape their life, it it will make life a whole lot easier. It'll make our life a hell of a lot better. And I mean, it's ignorance. It's, it's so many things that you all could be. Why the fuck was you at a poker game in the first place? And I mean, okay, let me let me stop that right there. Yes, you could be at a poker game. You don't have to bring a gun to a poker game. You should be at a table where you should need to, you should have the feeling that you need a gun at a poker game. If I can't you ain't with playing that. with your best friends, your friends' friends, or whatever, you should leave all the drug dealing friends alone. Let's be real. Leave them people alone. And that's the problem. Don't nobody change their goddamn circle when they become successful. They keep the same people in their damn circle. They don't know how to change. It's all about who you have in your circle. If you have negative people in your circle, everything that you do from there on out in life will be negative. You have to get away from that. Start surrounding yourself with people that are positive, that want to see you win. Did we not learn from Antonio Brown of his inner circle who was telling them ignorant shit to do on Instagram, uh, Facebook Live, and all this other dumb shit that he was doing out there, who got to put off each team that he was on, you know, throughout this season. He was on the fucking Patriots, for Christ's sake. He was on the Patriots. Had the best quarterback in the league today. And his dumb ass got put off the team because he couldn't stay away from doing dumb shit. He couldn't stop Texas. He couldn't stop tweeting. He can't stop doing this. He can't stay away from uh, uh, stupidity. I'm tired of seeing our... Uh, and, and, and the funny part about it is... The funny part about it is... is and let me be real honest with you for a second. What are all their skin colors? Mm-hmm. Exactly. African-American... Stupidity is what I'm going to call it. African-American stupidity. And if you don't understand what African... And if people, if y'all don't understand what African-American stupidity means, look it up. Look at what's going on in the, the news today. If you don't... I, Matter of fact, no, Boondock summed it up pretty much. They had a nigga moment. I mean, but you can't kill a nigga. Only way you can kill a nigga moment for real, for real, is with teeth. And I don't I'm, see a lot of peace going on. He had a nigga moment. It, uh, I don't even know what to say out of that. It's just, it's just too much stupid shit going on. It is, and and and, and the, you have to. 
And as a co and as a coach, you gotta look at this shit and be like, what the hell did I get myself into? And I know a lot of coaches are being out there on the uh, uh, in their house right now, and I feel sorry for the coaches too, because the coaches are sitting out here really just out here like, damn, what 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 the hell did what the hell can I do? What what, what can I do? What more can I do for them? I'm trying to keep them away from this. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to coach them up. I'm trying to be their leader. I'm trying to be the head coach. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. I got so much shit on my on my hands right now. I got a bunch of t- I got a team full of freaking fuck ups <laughs> because as a team, one man can one. They always say one one bad apple can spoil the rest of them, right? So mm-hmm. if, if there's one person on your team that's fucking up, I think you need to go to that person and talk to that person real talk and be like, "Look, stop fucking up. If you need some help with something, man, come talk to me." These veteran players that's been in the league before all this trouble really started getting announced and stuff like that, though, and that go for every league. You, every league got their fuck-ups. We had Gilbert Arenas on our team who bought a handgun because some dumbass person told him, oh, yeah, blah, 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 in the locker room. They had a locker room confusion. He bought a handgun and a loaded handgun in the goddamn arena. Come on, man. You got to be smart. You're making mega millions. You gonna let a teammate piss you off that bad? You bring a handgun to the locker room? Yep. Are, uh, we, just... are we really in that age of stupidity? Yeah. What happened to your dream goal of playing in the NBA? Oh yeah, you played a couple games, but did you win a championship? Did you put a ring on your finger? How many rings you got on your finger now? None. How many league? How many? How many teams want you now? None. How many teams wanted you back then? A lot. Mm-hmm. Some teams took a chance on you. And like I said, this goes for every league around. It goes for every league. If you got a stupid person on your team, get rid of them. And I say this because this goes right back towards. It goes back towards um, our first half of our show, the first part of our show, part one. And like I said, it's going continuation of that part of the show because it's what people need to hear. You got some fuck-ups on your team that need to go. And that's how you culturally change the locker room. Get rid of all the fuck-ups and let these, let these rookies come in and do their job. Exactly, because it's a lot of rookies or undrafted free agents that's on the team that's hungry and ready to throw it out on the line and you keep wasting roster spots on idiots. Like, it don't make sense. It doesn't. It don't make sense. How do you, you expect for a young person to get better if you constantly keep them on the bench or wherever and you let stupid idiots always gotta play? It don't but, work like that. Because they're on the field actions it it, it, it. Because what we're looking at is their on-the-field actions. We're looking at how they play as an NFL player on the field. But are we looking at how they play off the field is what we really need to focus and harness it on. We need to keep these players out of trouble. If you got a handgun, this is not the damn replacement players, okay? You can't be the replacement players. You got to act like stars. Stop getting money hungry because the money is going to be there regardless. 
Now that 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 also transitions me into Dak Prescott. Okay, Dak didn't get in trouble in the off season. He's never been in trouble. Always doing some commercial time and doing some other things around the community, whatever the case may be. Get props to Dak Prescott. But you're on the field. This is the difference. You're on your off the field actions are okay. Besides the dumbass party that you had, or whatever the case would be, is we're not even gonna talk about that no more. But your on the field actions is is what's getting you. You can't get over the hurdle, so you're making Jerry Jones pay you top dollar, but you're not getting over the hurdle. Kirk Cousins is a prime example of taking less money and developing himself as a better quarterback today. You understand what I'm saying? He took $84, $84 million and took this team damn near to a NFC championship game. Did he not? Yeah, that's he got true. $96 million today or more today, guaranteed money, all guaranteed money, by the way. And each one of these quarterbacks today are trying to get $130, $150 million guaranteed. I mean, $150 million with a $50 million guaranteed money on these contracts. It shows you the character of the person. Um, You didn't see Carson Wentz out there saying, oh, I'm going to sit out every game because you're not paying me every month. I'm paying me top dollar. No. You didn't see, uh, uh, what's his name, Tom Brady sit out on an entire season or Claim that he's gonna sit out the entire season if you don't pay me my money. Well, like I told you, Tom Brady's situation is different because he chose to miss on a lot of money because he wanted to keep the team together. Exactly. I, I give credit to Tom Brady with credit is due. He did do that. But in the same aspect of breath, though, is Tom Brady wasn't stupid. You understand what I'm saying? He ain't stupid. Mm-hmm. He he is worth he is worth so much more in endorsement money. He's making so much more money in endorsements that he doesn't really need this NFL paycheck. Nobody really ever thought about it like that, though. You know what I mean? Nobody really thought about it like that. How much money do you make off these endorsement checks that you're getting? Mm-hmm. He's making mega millions off the of door. This man got a beach house. And don't even stay in his beach house, probably. He probably go down there every once in a blue moon and say, Yeah, we're going to vacation. But meanwhile, you got players like Dak Prescott, you got players like Quentin Dunbar. Or I, I should say, you got players like Quentin Dunbar who asking for more money and you thought you was a shit and you was some shit. Mm-hmm. Now, you, don't get me wrong. You had some good plays. You had some good timing out there. You had some good. You had some good flashy moments, but you wasn't shit. And I can say that because I watched you play football. I sat up there and watched you play. Now, there's there's a lot of players that you don't hear about on the field who are maintaining good conduct off the field mm-hmm. or off the court. 
You understand what I'm saying? The, the, you, you, we got to differentiate. We got to change the narrative on what we're doing as an African American community in the in the game. We have to change that narrative. You got to stop going out here. I mean, yes, some players are deserving of the money that they got because they produce it on the field. That's factually true. Some right. of these players are not. I like. I was played like I was saying before. And I said it again. I think Dak Prescott is worth one thirty or one forty tops. Give him about sixty million guaranteed money. Sixty million guaranteed. One thirty, one forty. That no, actually one thirty five. I give him one thirty five, one thirty eight, and give him sixty million guaranteed. You got to produce that. You got to produce it for seven years. I'm locking your ass in for seven years. You want to show me something? Show me what you can do in seven years. You understand what I'm saying? You got to right. show me what you can do off the field. You got to show me what you can do on the field. Be honest with you, as far as that whole contract situation, I don't know how it's going to go. Because right now, Jerry Jerry Jones is going to be playing hardball right now. So I don't know what's going on with the whole that contract situation. And to be honest with you, I don't know if they're ever going to come to a resolve where they can get a deal done. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to have to stay tuned for it. But to be honest with you, I don't think Dak should be the highest paid quarterback in the league. No, I don't agree with that. I, you can't make him the highest if paid any, quarterback. If anybody needs to be the highest quarterback paid in the league right now, it should be Patrick Mahomes. I agree with that, too. Or Drew Brees. Give Drew Brees top dollar. But, yeah, but, you know, Drew ain't going to have no long-term contract. You know what I'm saying? He going to do maybe a year or two. I mean, yeah. that's true, though. But Drew Brees earned it. Yeah, but, I mean, he made his money. So that's fine. But right now, Patrick Mahomes all day. Patrick Mahomes deserves 145-150. But... <clears throat> One Super Bowl win doesn't credit you to make the top dollar. Give me one more. Show me you can prove me you can make one more. Show me you can take this team back and that wasn't just a fluke. You know what I'm saying? Show me you wasn't a fluke that season. Beat some of the beat a quarterback that you didn't beat before. You didn't beat really Lamar Jackson in the game. The the Chiefs wasn't really winning that game at all, period. Until San Francisco changed up the run game. They stopped running the ball. They start throwing the ball a little bit more. So you really wasn't in the game that much. So let's be really honest with it. Did the Chiefs really win the Super Bowl, or did they just luck up because they stopped running the ball? The San Francisco 49 stopped running the ball. Because the Chiefs defense wasn't ready and prepared for the run game. Yeah. And you've seen that in the game. Also, you saw it in that game against Lamar Jackson. You have not beaten Lamar Jackson in a football game. That's your biggest competition right there. And I'm not talking about young Lamar Jackson. I'm talking about fully developed now, has two seasons underneath his belt, Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the young Baltimore Ravens offense and defense. I'm talking about that talented Ravens offense and defense that they got out there now. That got two, three years underneath their belt together now. 
You understand what you hear me? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we're not talking about just no walk in the park teams anymore. We're talking about teams that are fully developing themselves on defense to shut your ass down. Mm-hmm. So let's get real. Are we talking about now if Patrick Mahomes did deserve $150 million or 145 or something like that? You got to prove it to me one more year that you can do another Super Bowl run. Or at least make the playoffs and go to an AFC championship game. Then I can talk about getting you the mega millions. See, it, we giving the money out too quickly. And I think that's another problem. We're giving out that money too quickly. Mm-hmm. Instead of holding some of that money back, we're giving it out too quickly. We're just giving it to them. And they're not producing the next year. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not producing the next year over. Or mm-hmm. they're doing what Tom Brady did, which makes the playoffs every single time he touches the ball. Mm-hmm. But see, Tom Brady... In Tom Brady's case, I'll put it like this. In Tom Brady's case, his team just developed. He developed each team that he had. He didn't have the best wide receivers at one time frame. He didn't even have the best offensive line at one time frame. But he took that team that he had and made the playoffs with it. Even mm-hmm. though they might have lost, but he still took them to a playoff. Mm-hmm. He got that team. To, him and Bill Belichick got the team to 10-6. And they were always the favorites in everybody's conversation to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell you? Honestly, he's the he he is what he is. The GOAT. No questions about it. And but what I, now now we can criticize MJ all day long. For all the court actions, what he just put out there and everything like that. I've seen a report on Michael Jordan from Horace Grant about this documentary series. Now I know we both haven't seen I know we both haven't seen the whole full documentary series yet. And um I will get a chance to watch it in the and later on. But the one thing I keep hearing about Michael Jordan is he's a snitch. Mm. He's a snitch. He talked, about, he talked about in the 80s when he came to the team about the cocaine that was going around the locker room. He talked about his teammates and snitched on all his teammates going around there saying that, oh, it was Horace Grant that gave out all the information about the team and stuff and like that. It's a lot going on in that situation for one man to say that he's a snitch. Did you not want all the information out in the street? Did you not want all the information to be told? Because you knew about the documentary series that was coming out prior to. Let's all be real. Did we not did we not know about it? Yeah, they advertised on TV like crazy. So we knew, and he came out and spoke about it. He said it's gonna be some facts and it's gonna be some stories in here that you never heard about. And they went deep in some of these stories that I got to go look at. They went deep in them. But we're destroying the narrative here. If y'all mm-hmm. were doing what y'all were, if y'all weren't doing the things that y'all wasn't supposed to be doing with cocaine, crack, 
Look at Lim Bias, for Christ's sake. God rest his soul. Look at Lim Bias, the player that was supposed to be better than Jordan. Mm -hmm. You know, got caught up in some cocaine, overdose. Never made it to the league. Got drafted by the yep. Boston Celtics. Never made it to the league. Mm -hmm. One mistake can kill your entire career. Yep. One false move can destroy your entire career. And that's what these players need to look at. And they don't look at it. One mistake can change your entire career. One mistake. One false move, one wrong decision that you make. And I'm not even I'm not even going to leave out for real for real. And as much as I we haven't talked about him yet, I'm not leaving Kareem Hunt out of this situation. No, 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 no. There's gonna be a lot of shots thrown at Kareem Hunt too, because if you wasn't in the situation that you was in, then in the first place, you would never got blamed for anything. Mm -hmm. If you didn't go out there and push somebody out there in the hallway, if you wasn't involved into it, if you wasn't there in the first place, you would never been hemmed up for anything. You would still be playing for the Kansas City Chiefs today, and you would have been one of the top runners in the league today. Mm -hmm. And that offense would have flourished beautifully off the run game. Yep. But we don't see it that way, though. We're, we're too busy looking at the money. Mm -hmm. We're looking at the top dollar. And meanwhile, all they're doing is the shit that they're doing, all it is is, is just making society give us a name. Troublemakers. That we don't need. Troublemakers. And when you look at yourself, when you look back at your career, if you make it to the Hall of Fame, some of these players would be like, I'm lucky I didn't get caught. Ray Lewis got into some shit. Mm -hmm. And he's sitting in there in Canton, Ohio right now saying, damn, I wish I never got caught. But what did Ray Lewis do about his, about being in his life? He changed the narrative about him. Started becoming a motivational speaker. Start speaking out. And look, and, 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 and not even in that case. Check this out, though. Look at people like Ray Rice, who didn't get a second chance in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Out here motivating in the community. Doing what's right now in the community. But one false move fucked his whole career. One camera angle messed his entire career. Ray Rice was supposed to be the next generational player in the league today still, One false move changed his whole career. Mm -hmm. And we don't and we don't think about that a lot. You beat up your wife one time frame on camera inside of a hotel room, but you change and then even after the video aired, what did everybody do in the community to him? We tore him down, we broke him down, we we beat him up for it, we tore his whole career down. To where this man's not even playing in the NFL no more. And when we look at it, we should have been there to help him out. Mm -hmm. 
got him some help, got him some rehab, got him some doing some things that he needs to do, keep him on the team, keep him on the field, keep his aggression on the field, changing the narrative about him. That's what these old players need to come up in the play and do. Not tear him down, not say, not always criticize him about his actions, but we need to make sure that his actions don't develop again. Right. We need to make sure that we change the narrative on our community and people. And until we can do that as people, the narrative will never change. You're right about that. The narrative will never change about us. And we will always get the same look by each and every last one of the people that walk down that street about us. We got to change that narrative. We got to change it. Mm-hmm. And we got to step up to the plate and say that we want to win. We should have never destroyed Colin Kaepernick's career like that, though, but we did. Colin would still have a job today at 30-something years old. He would still have a job today, though, if we didn't destroy him by the – if we didn't let the shield destroy his career. Mm-hmm. We got to change that narrative, man. We got to change it. We got to keep it off the street. You have to. And um, I don't know what else to say about that, man. It's just something crazy. There's nothing else to say. But, man, man, we've been doing this show for a while, though, bro. We've been doing this show for a while, and I and I, I have to commend you on something, man. Because I look back at our show today, man, part one of this show today, and I can tell you, man, we had some hard-hitting facts today, man. Yeah, we did. And I hope that the people that are listening to this show, to when they listen to the show, they get all the hard-hitting facts off the show. Yeah. And they get the narrative that we need to make a change in this world. I do hope that. I mean, I mean, sometimes it's okay to put away the sports talk for a minute, though, and we need to talk real talk. Yeah, because right now, that's what we need. We need, like, something that's real talk because there's not much sports going on. Yep. But we just need, like, some issues that are happening that we just need to sit and talk about and just have a show. Yeah, 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 man. And, 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 and the best way to do that, man, is we need to use our platforms that we have right now. We need to utilize our voice and put it in the street. We need to utilize that voice because that's yeah. how you make a change. Utilizing our voice and making a difference in our communities as people. But everybody that's listening to the show, though, um, I know y'all probably going to listen to it this far, though, but it's a lot of good information on the show. Um, we do have an interview coming up, and I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the show, even in part one and part two, but we're in part two of the show. We do have an interview coming up with Miss Erica Van Stone. She is coming live on the show. She is a roller derbyist. She's a um, uh, a derby. Uh, she roller derby in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, I believe so. I'm not mistaken. I probably could be wrong, but I could be right. But she's in Pennsylvania. She's run a uh, roller derbyist out of Pennsylvania. And she will be live on the show coming very, very soon. So I hope y'all want to stay tuned to that. You know, 
Big shout outs to her. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, if y'all haven't heard the show, the Rachel Pino show, you know, go check that out too. A lot of good information on that show about soccer. Um, DJ Curry, tell them what we got coming up next, man. On the next show, bro. Well, as far as the next show, I think we need to go ahead and do like we were talking about. Talk about real issues of what's going on in the world. Maybe we should do that for our next show to get people hip to what is really going on. I like that. I like that. Using this platform. I like that. Man, it's, it's been a true blessing, man, to, to share the airwaves with you, man. You know. Same here, bro. This part two of this show, man, I tell you, it, it, it gets deeper. You know, we can bring in the sports talk for a minute. And then, you know, we got to change that narrative, though, man. Even though we on fire tonight, as the theme song said, we are really on fire tonight, though. Because <laughs> we hitting the everybody with two shows in one day. That that ain't We ain't never did that before. <laughs> I know, right? We ain't never did that before. So, to close out the show, DJ Curry, I'm going to let you close out the show tonight, bro. Well, y'all, it's been a pleasure. Me and Mark DeVette over here, we really appreciate y'all support. Keep supporting us. We're trying to take this thing big. Yes, sir. And due time, we will be large. We just got to <laughs> keep working at it. Yes, sir. But we will get there. But we really appreciate all the love and support that y'all give us. We really do appreciate it. And I will tell y'all this, though. Not to cut off DJ Curry. We are at 860 plays as of right now. We are at 860 plays. So we're getting a lot of attention. Yeah. So maybe like we used to do back in the day, not to make it sound old as hell, but <laughs> maybe we should go back live, back on, you know, we have the Facebook, Instagram, you know, go a little old school maybe a couple times. Oh, yeah, most definitely. That's coming back soon. That's coming back soon. Don't worry about that. We're going back soon. We're going to crank this thing up. We're gonna, we we got to tweak some things, but we're going to get it back live. Most definitely. We will be live in the studio once the pandemic come down. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But even before the pandemic come down, who the hell cares? We're gonna come back live in the den anyway, and we're gonna be back live one day. I probably we probably do that for season three. How about that one? Sounds good to me. Season three of the Real Sports Show. Even though there's about seven seasons out there on on YouTube, don't y'all forget about the YouTube page though. There's seven seasons loaded on YouTube. And Facebook. Don't try yep. to forget about that. Just on Anchor is on season two on Anchor. But we got a lot of shows out there now. Whew. Doing the show for four years. Jeez. <laughs> exactly. Long four time. years. Four years, bro. Four years we've been doing this show for four years. Long time. Four years. And, 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 and it gets better each time. Each generational player that comes on this show. And who the hell ever thought that we would get two names, two people to come live on the show with us? Yeah. Yeah. Man, when we started this project four years ago, we didn't think we was going to be this noticed. 
Yeah. So, it's been a pleasure, y'all. We're going to kill a song with, you know, we on fire in here tonight. Y'all know how we do it. This has been another edition of the British Sports Show, y'all. Stay tuned. Yo, yo. Stay tuned and we'll see y'all again. Holla. Holla.